Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm your host, Dre, joined as always by my co-host, Paul. Hey, guys. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm well, thank you. Have anything exciting going on this morning? <laughs> Just like every week, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if there was ever a curveball. That's why I'm uh, going to keep asking you. Yeah, so it's uh, when you love what you do, it's always exciting, right? Yeah. And, you know, when you really love what you do, it's it's really not a job. It's something that you just enjoy. And I found my passion, so it's it's one of those great things. Oh, that's good. I didn't know if there was like a deer that walked up to you and you fed it <laughs> before you got here or what. So. I've not been blessed like that today. <laughs> I guess. All right. Um, we'll go ahead and go to Cricket's joke. So what do you call a factory that makes okay products? I have no idea. A satisfactory. <laughs> that was one of her most recent ones. So, yeah. <laughs> it's it's tough, but it was a good one. I, it's not a not a bad one. But all right, yeah, we'll so go. that was a bad one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll start the. That's how the second one's going to go for the year. Uh-huh. Um, but hey, it is what it is. All right, we'll transition into today's topic then. So today's topic, everyone is going to be Paul's unique tips and tricks. Um, or what I would like to call as Paul's secret sauce on some of the um, training advice that he gives us, I guess, uh, yeah. to make us perform better. So, Paul, do you want to say anything on that before I ask? Yeah, you this I mean, first I, I'm not sure it's secret sauce, and it's um, I don't know how much secret stuff uh, oh, there is to this. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of things that we can chit chat about about uh, technique and motivation and how to do certain things for sure. Okay, cool. Um, so the first question I have is I want to start with a run then on the on tips and tricks on the run. So if I'm having trouble finding some speed on my run, maybe I've plateaued or I just can't seem to hit that next level or keep a certain pace that I want to keep for a certain distance or time, what are what is something that I can do? Yeah. Well, I got some great advice. I'm going to give a shout out to Dave Cole. Uh, Dave Cole and I went to high school together and yeah, obviously we're similar ages, and he gave me some great advice one time. Just a couple of years ago, I was uh, trying to figure out how to, to run faster, and I'm looking at cadence and metrics and this kind of stuff, and he just kind of looked at me, uh, deadpan, he goes, Paul, if you want to run faster, run faster, <laughs> okay? And what he was trying to, what, uh, what, I, what I'm interpreting he was trying to tell me is that there's some effort changes. And so I was trying to do the same effort and try to run faster. But there are some things we can break that down and uh, how you can become more efficient, where you can find some speed. Some of these, we talked last week about uh, run form, run technique, that kind of stuff, and the more efficient you are, the better runner you're gonna be, the better paces you're gonna be able to do for certain effort levels. Mm-hmm. But in terms of directly answering your question, the number one thing that I see in terms of people not running faster is that they don't put more effort into the run. Okay. okay? Or they try to put more effort into it for the same duration that they're currently running. And mm-hmm. it's just not, your body's not gonna hold up to that. Yeah. So if you're out and let's say we're running and we'll make up numbers, okay? Let's assume everybody's running at, at a, a zone three heart rate or they're um, uh, a certain pace that's uncomfortably hard, mm-hmm. okay? But it's not exhaustive. I mean, it's something they can maintain for a period of time. So as they're doing that run, they've got a certain effort level to it, they've got a certain cadence, they've got a certain heart rate, and they've got used to that. And I see this more in our um, older population 
that they've got used to a certain cadence, certain effort, certain heart rate, all those pieces. Yeah. And so whenever uh, they want to go faster, one of those have to change. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. It's sometimes scary, especially if they've had a, 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 an injury history that mm-hmm. when they go a certain pace, when they push a certain effort level, um, their form breaks down and then they've gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. So many times it's really hard for them to trust their body to push forward. Now, I would look at that person and say, do you have your form back yet? Yeah. Are you really running good mechanics? Because if you're not, don't push into that because you know what's going to happen. It's already happened a few times for you. That's why it's got you scared. Mm-hmm. But if you've done the maintenance, if you've done the things to get your run form where it needs to be, to be balanced, to be uh, all the things we talked last week in terms of run form and mechanics and efficiencies and so forth, if you've done those things, trust your body. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that means pushing a little bit, getting into that um, different depth of being uncomfortable. Sometimes it's uh, pushing yourself where you're uh, not able to have as much air. You're gasping a little bit more. But don't go out and try to do that for 10, 15, 20 minutes in an effort. Yeah. Maybe you uh, find time where you're doing this for 10, 15, 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. When that happens and it's been successful, extend it. Yeah. 45, 60, two minutes, whatever. I got you. No, th- that, um, that's good because that, that's a good tip because I've had – um, I wouldn't say injuries, just nagging pains that I've had before, um, where it is, it is scary, I guess I would say, to see what happens when you get back to it. So just using this example of running, um, when, I got, when, I, when I've gone back out there and done a run before after, um, I guess, nursing a calf or mm-hmm. something, it is, it's like, okay, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here on this run and if i go fast usually usually when i go fast this is what's happened before where i've had a uh, pain or something happen and so i think getting um slowly building back into that is a great way of doing it i know i call two of two of your runs that you give me often um one of the our uh, confidence building run which i like a lot and i would suggest that to people just like you said you know slowly um get back into it and see what happens for that 10, 20 seconds, and then build your way from there. So I, I definitely yeah. agree with that. Um, when, you say, uh, when you say put in more effort, though, what do you, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So like when, when you're out there running and you're getting out of breath, mm-hmm. right, or you're getting to a certain level of your respiratory rate or your heart rate's at a certain intensity, your body's building up some lactate. Mm-hmm. And it's giving you some sensations that um, the intensity is a certain level. You've got to be able to push deeper into that because if you're at that same intensity or effort level, mm-hmm. you're not going to change your speed. Yep. So you got to vary that, that, that place or that space that you're at uh, okay. in that workout. And some of that, I would tell you just to pick up the intensity for, again, these smaller durations mm-hmm. and see what happens. Get yourself used to those. When you've picked up that whatever duration it is, let's call it 30 seconds. And yep. We're going to stay with 30 seconds just for a little while, just keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. But if you are out running at your uncomfortably comfortable pace, effort, intensity, and then you change that, you intensify it for 30 seconds, then you come back down to that same original effort level, you're gonna find that when you come back down there, what feels the same mm-hmm. is really faster than where you were. Yeah. When you change that when you, yeah. intensity, when you come back down, it's hard to take yourself all the way back down there. Your body, uh, 
changes and adapts. Mm -hmm. And over time, over you know, within that workout and over multiple workouts like that, you'll see a change in your pace and it won't feel more inten intensive overall. Right. So some things to play with. That's really what it comes down to is, yeah. you know, go out and play, read your body. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? And if you've got something nagging, don't do these things. Right. If your body's feeling good and you're out there in that uncomfortable place, maybe push it just a little bit and see what happens and bring yourself back down and, you know, vary the duration, vary the intensity that you're pushing and, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And so instead of me just trying harder or um, trying to keep a faster pace for longer even, is there like, are there anything, are there a few things that I should try to focus on other than, you know, just effort? So instead sure. of going yeah, faster, absolutely. going harder. And when we're talking about the effort by itself, I'm hoping that we're giving enough context that it's not just about trying to run through the wall harder. Right. But we're being smart about our efficiency. We're just increasing the intensity of those things. Mm -hmm. So let's back it down a little bit. Within all that form stuff that we talked about last week and stuff that we're talking about today in terms of the effort, um, one of the ways that we got faster was looking at your cadence. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're out running and you look down and, on your watch or whatever you're using to measure your uh, workout mm -hmm. and maybe set it to where it shows you cadence. And so yeah. you're running and you look at that number and then for a period of time, see if you can pick that cadence up. Mm -hmm. Now, don't try to, if you're at 165 and, and you know we want to be closer to 180 or, or 185 depending on uh, several different variables there, don't go from 165 to 180. Mm -hmm. You know, see if you can change that intensity from 165 to 168, 165 to 170, and see what happens. Right. That's the effort level that I'm talking about, where you're picking that up. When you do that, some of the things that, pe that you're going to learn is when you change that cadence, that one of the mistakes that people make is it feels like they're sprinting mm -hmm. because they keep their stride length the same, and to turn it over faster, you end up doing some sprinting where you're pushing faster and you're lengthening your stride. What we're really talking about is you take that cadence and pick it up and maybe shorten your stride. Okay. Gotcha. So, and can you simplify that for me more? Can you, um, so can you tell them what, again, what is cadence and then what I'm focusing on as to increase cadence? Sure. Like, um, just make it a little bit more simple. Yeah. If we're, if we're really looking at like a, a cadence piece overall, we want to have a good cadence around 180. And usually that cadence of 180, what that'll do for us, it'll help that we're pushing off so we're propelling our body further, for, further forward. When you're slower than that, usually what happens is you're pushing your body off the ground and that's um, going up and down versus front to back. And so the lower cadence rates tends to mean that you're getting more vertical oscillation, which is less efficient. So if we pick that cadence up, you're more likely to be pushing off backwards or propelling your body further forward versus it pushing it higher off the ground. And so if you're at a 165, many times if we can take you from 165 you know, up to uh, maybe 10, um, 10 steps more per minute, mm -hmm. you've changed your mechanics a lot. You've changed your efficiency a lot perhaps. Um, and then you, you're gonna see a change in your pace. If you don't shorten that stride earlier, um, uh, earlier in this training piece of it, what tends to happen is that your heart rate's going to spike and you're going to be out of the training zone that you're really trying to get to and you're not going to last on the, on the run anyway. If you shorten that stride, or what's, what's really going to feel like you're shortening your stride to get more steps in 
it's going to feel uncomfortable, but it lets you be more compact as a runner. Mm -hmm. I guess so. And can you give me how to um, advice on how to do that on the treadmill? Because to me, I feel like it's harder on the treadmill. Because even as I've gone back onto it recently, I'm like really, really focusing on increasing my cadence. I'm like, man, this is just so hard. I mm -hmm. and I don't just stand why but um, I mean I get I get it done yeah. but for the listeners can you help us yeah, out with there's that? a couple of different pieces on there one, one that, that I like is if um, set it at a certain rate right so mm -hmm. I'm gonna make up a number here so set it at six miles an hour mm -hmm. okay uh, so you're looking at a 10 minute pace if you're out running for real yeah but that belt's going at a consistent pace mm -hmm. put your cadence on on your watch and then get on it and just run comfortably if you happen to have a mirror near you that's off to your side, you can see how high your hip is coming up. There's usually a rail on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. You can see how high your vertical oscillation is. This is your jogging at your comfortable, normal cadence. You can see how much vertical oscillation is. You can look down and see what your cadence number is. The belt speed is going to stay consistent. And now you try to get your cadence up. Mm -hmm. So to do that, I'm going to tell you to shorten your stride, you know, pick that pace up a little bit, the pace in terms of cycling that over mm -hmm. it's almost like you're trying to push that belt faster belt's not going to go faster but right. you're going to try to push it like it is going faster yep and then see if you can get up and then see what that feels like from a consistent how your body's feeling you're going to feel more compact it's going to feel uncomfortable perhaps it's going to feel awkward definitely but you need to get used to that running more compact okay so from there i guess what uh, other than cadence? What else can I focus? What else can I do with yes. my running? So you could look and see what your inefficiencies are. One of the things that I like on the run piece, in terms of um, being a better runner, is are you balanced, mm -hmm. right? And so some of the things that we're, we would talk about there is, you know, are you using momentum? So let's stop running for a moment. You're going to stand on one foot, pull that knee up. How long can you balance? And if you're balancing pretty good for ten to fifteen seconds, right there you don't need to listen to the rest of this section. If you stand up and you've got like a two, three second um, place where you can be on that one foot and be balanced, you need to listen to this next section because no matter what you do, you could try cadence stuff, you can try the other pieces, you're not gonna improve the way you could improve if you simply backed off, worked on some strength work around your pelvis, around your glutes, around that core, worked on some uh, balance work, stable surface, unstable surface, just stationary, getting everything to work well, and then going back in and doing that in your run. And if you get that balance and stability, you're going to be able to use all of your uh, energy, your effort, to propel that body further forward. Okay, gotcha. Is there, so, say after form, I have all that stuff down and I focus on cadence and I fo I'm, I'm good on my balance and whatnot and doing that. Are there any other like tips and tricks you could give me on the run to improve performance yeah. that you like to use? Yeah, one that I'm gonna I'm gonna start incorporating. We haven't done it a whole lot, but I've got some individuals who don't have the right body lean, mm -hmm. and so uh, I just heard this from a, a colleague about running with uh, tires, and so mm. put a tire behind you, put a, a vest on of some sort where it's putting on your trunk, so you're uh, leaning into this run a little bit. You got a little bit of resistance, and so training uh, running against a resistance uh, okay. it'll help teach the body language and body lean and that sort of thing um, 
it's going to be really hard to describe that verbally for those of us listening to the podcast. And, and obviously, we're not going to demonstrate right. how to do yeah, that run. That's not but, but if you can imagine having pulling something that's you know maybe 10, 15 pounds, uh, gives you a little bit of uh, something to tug against. You've got to lean into it as you're doing that run, maintaining your form. Uh, that lean will help encourage proper mechanics and proper space there. Mm-hmm. Overall, I mean, if, if, if you've got good running mechanics, if you've got good running mechanics, we just need to run faster. And that's uh, go back to Dave, what Dave was talking about. If you don't have those good running mechanics, you need to become more efficient, more stable, and build those pieces up. Okay. Is there anything I can do with my arms by chance if when I'm focused? No, that would, that would go back to the right. uh, efficient piece. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that you know we talk about too is when you get tired, your arms aren't tired. Mm-hmm. And so your legs and arms are going to be tied together in terms of a cadence. Um, some people's legs are tired and, and they won't pick up the pace. But you can pump your arms faster. Good form, obviously, right? Going mm-hmm. front to back and not swinging. But if you pump, pump your arms a little faster, your legs will tend to move a little faster as well. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted them to have something else to try. Okay, cool. So all that was good for the run. Let's go ahead and transition over to the swim. Um, this is probably going to be a learning uh, experience for me. Everybody right now. loves the swim, right? That's the one <laughs> yeah. that terrifies everybody. And right. So um, I guess what are some tips and tricks that we can do on the swim to help improve and. I'm curious to know what you said. Yeah, so some some of our upcoming podcasts, we're going to do one uh, similar to what we did on the run, where we're talking mm-hmm. about the swim, right? Yep. So let's let's uh, give the Cliff Notes version of some of this stuff. A lot of people get in the water and they're not stable, mm-hmm. right? So it's the water's an unstable surface; they can't be balanced. And if you look, when if you looked at all the things you want to be balanced in the water, you want to um, reduce as much drag as possible. Mm-hmm. I'll tell people. Um, do this on a hard surface. Before you get in the water and, and you're looking at your arm stroke or your, the pattern that you're going to pull um, the water, can you mimic that on land? Okay, yeah. so we call it dry land training. Right. You can get some bands, you know, get you a little table, get you a, 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 a yoga ball or a balance ball and, and kind of just lean across it and have the bands stretched out and you're pulling against the band, um, you can video yourself from the side. What's your arm position? Can you do that um, stroke mm-hmm. the way you want to do it in the water on a harder surface, right? Or on a more stable surface where you don't have to worry about the breathing. You're not really having to worry about your body rotation. You're not worried about all those other details that make swimming complicated. Mm-hmm. Can you get the uh, high elbow position? Right. Can you reproduce that multiple times? Right. Um, and so let me throw something in there right quick. So wh- you have a video on that, right? We do. Right. Yeah. So where the, where can they find what you're describing just so they can yeah. go on, to on a the YouTube, On the YouTube channel, um, PXP Endurance, yep. uh, there's a bunch of different educational videos that break different pieces down. And, and there's some uh, this video talking about the bands and our position. Uh, if you type in uh, uh, swim techniques in in, in Google, you're going to find all kinds of videos that come up about this, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody and their brother or sister have talked about the arm position, and there's mm-hmm. some general consensus of where it needs to be. Um, and then we go in the water and try to do it, yet we're not stable. Yep. So that's what I'm trying to get individuals to do this on dry land first. Right. Get the pattern down, get the technique down, and then get in the water and, and see if you can do that 
in those positions. For sure. Yeah, I just wanted to let them know that you do have a video on yeah. what you were just describing. So if they want to go check that out, they can see it actually happening. Well, well, you know that you know whatever they need, we've got it here anyway, right? right? Yeah. Whatever that is. What, what's that? What's that song? <laughs> whatever you need, you know I got it. I don't remember who that is. That's not. That's before your time. Yeah, I know. But is that Aretha? I'm not sure. I think it is. I feel like it is. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll let's use that as one of the questions for our listeners. They can right. comment about yeah. what that what that is. Who sings that? Um, <laughs> so you so you know the, the one of the tips that I have for people in the swim is practice the stroke mm-hmm. on dry land. Another tip is you know the breathing mh-hmm. uh, as they get in the water and they're trying to work all this stuff. Take the breathing away. Mm-hmm. Get your snorkel. <laughs> get your snorkel. Oh, okay, okay. I think right. You. So you don't have to worry about when you're timing your breath. You don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. You can just focus on your arm position. You can focus on your body balance. What if your legs are dragging and you can't work on your breathing and you're trying to perfect that arm? Well, get you a pool boy, put it on. Get you a snorkel. Mm-hmm. You're going to look really awesome in the water here. you got all this stuff going on. Yeah. So now you got your balance. you got your breathing. And now just work on maybe a single arm drill. Yeah. Maybe you're just going to swim. You're not going to work on your body rotation. Maybe you just get that work on the catch, work on the pull, break it down. Just like we talked about on the run, breaking certain things down, do that on your swim. Yeah, absolutely. No, and all that stuff helps out a lot just because I've done it, just so the listeners know. I've gone in there, I've gone into the pool looking like a transformer with all my (laughs) gear going on. So it it really does help. And I think like, you know, even with the dry land training that you've um, described for them, like, I mean, I I think that helps for all purposes, right? Because it's, Mm -hmm. It's tough to do the dry land stuff too, especially if you take away some of the stools or um, yoga balls or pieces. If you do it on the, if you do it on the yoga ball, you're really impressive. So mm-hmm. I mean, it helps with all that core stability too, which will help Absolutely. for your run and whatnot. Yeah, and one thing that many people overlook, they try to get their hand position and their arm to work and get some power, and they forget about their shoulder blades. Mm-hmm. They try to power through and get their lats to do all the work. I want your last doing a lot of work. But if you haven't engaged that shoulder blade, if you don't know how to move your shoulder blades, how to stabilize and, and really initiate the motion through your shoulder blades, you're missing a lot of power. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, so with the swim, is there anything else that I could do to help out, I guess, um, anything mentally or physically that I can do? <laughs> yeah, mentally. Yeah. Um, know that you're not going to drown. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. Know that and, you can stand up. Well, you, most of the time. When, when, when <laughs> most, most of the pools, you can stand up and... Yeah, at least uh, parts of it you can. Right, you'll um, be fine. So that, that's, you know, the, the getting some confidence and, and getting there is a, is a big deal. And, and, you know, there are some people, let's, let's face it, there's some people who didn't start swimming until later in life. There's some fear that's going on in that. You've got to overcome those pieces. And so the more you can break it down and build that confidence slowly, um, build it up effectively, right? So mm-hmm. you know, start with uh, that snorkel. So you don't have to worry about breathing. You can breathe anytime you want now. Mm-hmm. And that's weird um, just for someone that didn't use a snorkel in the past. Um, but it does, it does help out a lot for sure yeah. um, once, you, once you figure out the breathing part of that too because I was like trying to you – know, I started turning my head over <laughs> to breathe. I'm like, oh, there's a bunch of water, so that tastes good. <laughs> but, well, you know, some people will look at you in the pool and they'll have a thought of going, oh, my gosh, why are they using a snorkel? Mm-hmm. The people who really know who are trying to improve – Know why you're using a snorkel. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Now, if you've got the breathing down and that's not an issue, you don't need a snorkel. Right. But if you're getting started and, and 
you've got to try to figure out how to breathe, how to have good balance, how to kick, mm -hmm. how to have a good catch, how to have a good pull. You can't work on all those things at once. No. Yeah. You got to break it down. Right. Absolutely. And that's what I see. Most people, when they get frustrated about swimming, is they try to tackle everything all at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I feel like you just, like you said, you got to make it simple, um, especially with the swim. Like, you know, one of the pieces of advice that I gave someone um, last year that did their first triathlon, I was like, "This, I'll give everyone a tip, one of my tips, I guess, as like I get in the water and I, the, the first thing I do is I try to see how fast I can relax um, because I feel like when the faster I can relax, the better I am. Yeah. And then the more I can focus on one thing at a time versus, you know, the hitting that panic mode and then we feel like we're drowning in a four foot pool. Yeah. Well, you just hit, you just hit another point that I was going to bring up. Mm -hmm. You want to get more efficient in the water, you got to relax. Yeah. If you're out running and we talked about effort, you put more effort into it, you'll go faster. You're on the bike, you put more effort into it, you'll have more watts. Mm -hmm. You get in the water and you put more effort into it when you're not relaxed, mm -hmm. you're going to slow down. You're not going to have a good a catch. You're going to get out of breath. It just doesn't work that way. It may seem counterintuitive, but you have to be relaxed, level, flat in the water. And it's not about working harder, it's about working more efficiently. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's that's the hardest thing for me is to relax. Even when I get my massages and everything, they're like, relax. I'm like, this is relaxed. I, was like, I can't get any more relaxed. But when I do when I do it in the pool, I notice it's yeah. like, because, you know, you have to try to drown. You actually have to, tr unless acted upon by a different force. Um, so I notice my whole position gets better when I relax, and then everything else seems to work better. So. I'm not sure what you're talking about trying to drown. That's not part of the training. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not unless you swim with John Neal. Shout out to John Neal because I thought I was going to die when I swam with him. Uh, so, don't um, you? I wouldn't suggest your first swim be with John. Maybe get a few wins. Well, maybe it that. should be that way. You know, everyone gets <laughs> yeah, better from that then, point. Then you get the fear out of it. But another thing that you can do on your swim is, you know, a lot of people um, watch videos and uh, imagine what their uh, swim technique is like, and they. You know, maybe breaking it down. Most of us can't see what our body's doing when we're in the water. Mm -hmm. We think we know what it's doing, but we can't see it. Right. So have somebody video you. Uh, hire a swim coach. Mm -hmm. um, you can get into some master swimming. They've got coaches on the deck. You can come in here. We'll look at, at some pieces here and, and do some hands-on and make sure you got uh, the right activations. You can actually get in the right positions. You can do the motor firing sequences in the right orders, those sort of things. There's a lot of things you can do, but you're not going to be able to do it alone. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. Like we said last time, if you want to come in and get water poured on you, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for that. So, awesome. Well, um, anything else for the swimmers out uh, there? Do you want to no, go ahead and talk well, about the fun one? Yeah, so on the swim, those are, those are the big pieces, right? Yeah. Get a video, see what you're actually doing, have somebody look at you, relax in the water, work on the dry land uh, techniques, make sure you get the mm -hmm. right positions, and then break it down. Work on one thing at a time as, as you're in there. Yep, absolutely. So I want to go to my favorite thing. Well, you're, actually, it's your and I favorite part of the triathlon world is cycling. Let us, let us know some tips and tricks about cycling. <laughs> I'm excited to hear. Uh, get a higher FTP. Get a higher ride, FTP. Ride, ride, ride with a, at a higher wattage effort level. Uh, you'll go faster. Yep. You know, the one, one thing I see this time of year, a lot of people are indoors, mm -hmm. and they – 
They might be riding their TT bike or their road bike and they're um, doing a good workout, but they're not riding in the same position that they will be racing in. Mm -hmm. right? So they're not, if they've got a TT bike, they're not laying down on narrow bars or they're, if, or they're sitting up on a TT bike, which that's okay. There's times when you need to do that. Or on your road bike, you're not in the same arrow position that you would be on the road bike when mm -hmm. you're racing. So I tell them, the first thing would be is train how you're going to race, you know, even this time of year. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then so you mentioned FTP. For those that don't know what FTP stands for, we say yeah. what that is. Functional threshold power. That's, that's a, a measurement of watts, how mm -hmm. much power you're putting out on the bike that you can sustain for an hour. Mm -hmm. okay. And yeah, and how can I get that to increase then? Other than oh. training with um, how I'm going to on race day. Yeah, so th that, that's really, if you're going in the weight room and you want to get stronger, mm -hmm. you lift more weights and you do things in uh, sets and reps and that kind of stuff, you would do that sort of same thing on the bike. Um, on the bike, your strength is measured in, in watts. Mm -hmm. So the higher your watts are, the more uh, power you're putting in the pedal, the more you're turning the, pe the, the crank, the more you're turning the chain, the more you're turning the back wheel, the faster you're going. Okay. So on, on, on the bike, obviously, it's, it's all about what's your cadence and how much power you're putting in the bike is how fast you're going to go, mm -hmm. right? Right. So there's really two, three things that we're going to talk about on the bike to make you more effective. That's being in an aero position, reducing drag. Mm -hmm. So you want to train how you're going to be racing in that aero position. Sure. You want to look at your cadence. We want that cadence 90-ish, uh, mm -hmm. right? Um, I'd love to see that in the 95, if, you know, for some of us. And some of us, I want to see that closer to 85 based on who you are and what what you're doing but that's the range that i like to get people into if you're out there riding and and, and you love that 72 cadence you need to get that up a little mm -hmm. bit that's uh that's really hard you're not going to be running very well off the bike yeah that's down there for sure um what what else you i think there was a third you said yeah and then, then, you're, then your power work okay. on the power getting up so you got cadence you've got training in your aero position mm -hmm. and then working on power and it's just like the run right you know on your runs you got some short bursty stuff yeah where you're doing some speed work, you've got tempo or threshold work where you're, you know, that three to 10 minute efforts. And then you've got your aerobic and, you know, their VO2 uh, workouts as well. So you do that same sort of thing on the bike within your workout, varying your cadence in your training, right? So if we're out running, you know, you know going in a certain cadence and picking it up and having those bursts, you do the same thing on the bike. You know, mm -hmm. practice getting those legs to move faster. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Practice getting those legs to put more power. Gotcha. Practice doing that in the arrow position. Mm -hmm. And you actually, so I'll bring this up. You actually have us at sometimes um, lower our cadence and increase our power instead of hiring our cadence and hiring power, which, I mean, we do that as well. But why, why is that? Why do we yeah, lower so there's, and increase? There's a bunch of things. So the lower your cadence is and the higher power, that's a strength effort. So, right, mm -hmm. so we're thinking about lifting a heavier weight with less reps, mm -hmm. okay? When we decrease the weight, mm -hmm. we can get more reps in. Right. right? So think higher cadence. Mm -hmm. So there are times uh, you'll be riding, and I'll tell you that this entire ride, I want you to ride it at 90 RPMs, mm -hmm. okay? And then I'll fluctuate the amount of power you're putting out. Yep. So at 90 RPMs, you may have to uh, use a, a, a lighter gear to get the power to drop, mm -hmm. use a higher gear to get the power to go up. Right. Okay. It's harder. Mm -hmm. Right. So, but you're keeping your cadence consistent. There are times when I want you to drop your cadence and 
ride at a higher intensity, which means you're going to go into a harder gear right. and drop that cadence, which is just like lifting a heavier weight mm -hmm. less times. You're going to fatigue sooner. So you're yeah. trying to build strength. And then there's times when I'll, get, I'll take you from that 90 cadence, you're up to 105, 110, some, some individuals that are I'm jealous of, right? and you push them up to that 115, 120 space, mm -hmm. and their wattage is going to be lower. The wattage will be yeah. lower most of the time. Right. Yeah, if we're going to do it for an extended period of time. And, and that's okay. That's what, what we're looking for. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then times when I tell them to push that cadence up, and I want to keep their watts up. Mm -hmm. That's when I'm being really mean to them. Right, right. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Those are always tough. But those are different ways to, to vary things. And, and uh, you know, if you are out there doing this on your trainer and you're seeing what's happening, the ones that feel really man, that is really hard. That's really challenging. I couldn't do that for very long. You probably need to spend more time in that area. Okay? Mm -hmm. We want all those to be really good. We want you to be able to have a, a low cadence and a lot of power come out for your climbs, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. want to be able to push through a lot of watts in a lower cadence. That's a lot of strength. And then the times when we're on, on a flat and we want to have our normal cadence and we know that the road's undulate and so the power changes back and forth and so we want to be able to, to tolerate that and then there's times we're going downhill and a lot of people when they're going downhill their cane's is zero right because they're just cruising down they're not putting yeah, effort to it I do that. but we really want to be able to use that also or you can use that also mm -hmm. um, there's sure. all kinds of things in there and even if you're on a flat flat road that's just undulating you know if you're out there for a longer period of time you can vary the cadence with the same effort and your legs will feel different. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's say I'm riding at 90 and I'm, I'm riding at 200 watts. You know, after about 10, 15 minutes, my legs start to get stale. They start to get a little heavy. I can change the cadence, lighten the gear, pick up the cadence. My watts will stay similar and it feels different. Mm -hmm. And then my legs will start to react to that in a not positive way. And I'll change the cadence back and forth, right? So you can vary that cadence as ways to make your legs feel better. You can change some of the wattage at the same cadence, make it feel different by shifting the gears. Mm -hmm. Well, when we're outside, we can practice some of that stuff and, we, and that's part yeah. of the training. <clears throat> In the winter here, why not try it right now? Experiment. See where you're at. Um, how does your, if you were uh, an 80 cadence person and you take it up to 95, how does that feel different? How long can you tolerate that? Initially, if you take it up there, you're going to be in a lighter gear. Initially, you're going to be like, this feels pretty good. All right. <laughs> Not That's too long, you're going to be like, holy buckets, why am I sweating more? All right. No, absolutely. <coughs> I, I like what you said because I said this to my youth class the other day, and then and you said it um, like the next day or the next class, I guess I should say, and it was working on what you don't like because I had one of them say, you know, I don't like um, doing TRX, and I was like, well, you got to work on the things you don't like right now so because they make you better, yeah. right? And I think – just like you said, that's what the off-season for is working on a lot of those things you don't like. And, and usually the things that we don't like, we're not good at. Right, yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, so do we not like them because we're not good at them? Mm -hmm. Or are we not good at them because we don't like them? Right. And so those things are sometimes harder to get motivated to improve those weaknesses, mm -hmm. but they, they carry a lot of weight. Yeah, they help us for sure. Okay. Is there anything you want to... Anything else you want to go over on the tips and tricks for everyone? I think those are some really good trips on, on all of those. I think just in general fitness, it's, it's about being consistent, right? So yeah, absolutely. if you're 
doing a lot of workouts and, and being consistent for a week and then you take two weeks down, you're not going to improve no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, well, you may improve, but it's not going to be a consistent improvement and you're going to be at a risk for getting injured. So a big thing just in general fitness is um, be consistent in what you're doing. You know, if there's times when you got to be down, even if you can get a 20, 30 minute workout in because your schedule got busy or something along those lines, you know, staying consistent and keeping the body moving is more beneficial than just taking and missing even those 15 or 20 minutes. Yes, absolutely. I love the consistency. That's one of your boy's principles, if you will. <laughs> so um, here's the other thing. We're going to undulate to the fun question segment. <laughs> if anyone ever wants to get some a better vocabulary, a better um, a better piece of words in your um, thesaurus, <laughs> join this group, honestly, because along with Paul and some of the other members, I've heard some words I've never heard in my life. Oh, we just make them up. We yeah, I've, up. I was, I like, I tell people in here that I talk to, I'm like, if there's a day that I don't Google a word talking to you guys, um, something's wrong because I was like, you guys use crazy words sometimes. Um, like undulate. Would that be one of those? Yeah, it is one of those. Um, I have not heard that word before, but I like it. It's a fun word. So we're going to undulate to the fun question segment. Um, so we're back with Would You Rather, Paul. I know these are your favorites. Uh -huh. and my, I only have three for you today. I usually do five. But it's because my third one, I'm is kind of like an unpopular or popular kind of one. You're making me nervous. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's, <laughs> it's an easy one. I'm, I'll never put you in a bad position. You're my co-host. <laughs> I need you here. So, um, would you first one? Would you rather buy ten things you don't need every time you go shopping, or always forget that one thing that you need when you go to the store? So, buy ten things you don't need, or always forget that one thing um, at the store. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. oh, I think I'd rather forget the one thing. Otherwise, I'm going to go broke if I buy the 10 things I don't yeah. need every time. No, I understand that. I, was, I felt like that was a good one because, you know, sometimes you go home and you're like, dang it, I forgot that mm -hmm. one thing that I really needed to get. So I wanted to see where you would go with that. Um, for the next one we have, would you rather always have a full phone battery or a full gas tank? Gas tank. Yep, knew that was coming, especially with gas prices now. <laughs> so, okay, third one. This is the special one. Would you rather own a cat or a dog? Hmm. My own mm. fans here. Supporters. Well, since we've got, since we have two cats, I'm going to go with own a cat. Okay. I'm going to say dog for all my dog lovers. <laughs> and that, that is a fact. I would rather go with a dog. Yeah, dogs are pretty awesome. Yeah. Do you have a favorite kind of dog? I do. What kind? Um, well, I have a couple. Okay. Let the lessers? Three. Three? Actually. Okay, yeah. you got three. The Golden Retrievers, mm -hmm. German Shepherds. And like a, a collie. Okay, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Those do you have three favorite dog, cats, no. though? Uh, no. Well, well. <laughs> I have one favorite cat. <laughs> okay. I got you. <laughs> and that's ones that are hypoallergenic. I got you. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, we're going to go into our shout-out segment. Um, I have a few people to shout-out, actually, today. So first one, I want to uh, give a shout-out to Alex in my 6 p.m. class now. Uh, she's been awesome. She's been funny to everyone and everyone loves her so far and she's done a great job and you work with her mom mm -hmm. yep. obviously so i uh, want to give it a shout out to alex and then these next two have left um reviews on our podcast on apple so i don't know 
this person's actual name, but you might know when I say it. It's Max Q Rocket Dude. Um, gave us a five star review, and then he left some kind words. And then Rachel Sanders actually uh, listened to one of our podcasts, gave us a five star review. You're right, and um, she left some kind words on there as well. So shout out to Max Q Rocket Dude and Rachel Sanders. Thank you um, guys. Yeah, both. Well, I don't know who Max is, but Rachel's an awesome person. I'm sure Max is an awesome person with the review that he left. Well, they have he liked, to oh, he liked um, Cricket's segment, so we can't get rid of Cricket's <laughs> yeah, joke. It's there. Um, so, yeah, shout out to those two for leaving reviews. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, we have 10 on Apple, uh, five-star reviews, so thank you to everyone that's left one thus far. So um, that's all I have. Thank you, guys, uh, for that. Paul, do you have anyone to shout out? No, it's... Uh, this past week, we've been doing a lot of stuff in the strength class of reminding everybody about activations and how to do things, really breaking it back down and helping them figure out whether they're using momentum and cheating in their exercise or actually doing the right thing. So really thank you to everybody that's in the classes for taking the time and, and really being diligent about applying those things. It's pretty important. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in on another episode of Let's Talk Success uh, with PXP. We will see you guys next week. See you guys. Hey, everyone. It's Dre here. I just wanted to say thank you all for being patient with us and listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate all your feedback and welcome it as always. Don't forget to send me your questions so I can get those to Paul. We haven't had any in a while, so I just wanted to remind everyone. Lastly, we just ask you that you leave a review, like, and share the podcast with your family and friends. Thank you all so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.